0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked on Guardians. I want to thank you for making Locked on Guardians your first listen today and every day, free and available on all co- podcasting platforms, apps, and the like. Uh, what a start to free agency. Being under the gun with the CBA getting ready to expire has made free agency more interesting in baseball than it has ever been. Going through, uh, since our last podcast, the Mets signed like it, almost entire outfield I believe Eduardo Escobar has spent time in the outfield, but he's signed to be a third baseman. Marcus Simeon, Kevin Gaussman, John Gray, some big names signing. And old friend alert, Corey Kluber to the uh, Tampa Bay Rays, $8 million with incentives that could climb up to 13 Good for him. But we're seeing when you see, like, A, Andrew Haney signing before like, everything started, you see Kluber going, you see Michael Waka, who's with the Rays, essentially that Waka role with the Rays being upgraded by Corey Kluber, uh, Waka to the Red Sox starting pitching market is going fast. Uh, Carlos Rondon is left in that market. Uh, you know, I should just, I'm going to pause the podcast. We had to pause it because Michael Lorenzen signed mid podcast announced that the angels are going to try him as a starter. So when you look at what happens, just looking at this list here, uh, this everyone who signed. It's not that this is everyone that signed, uh, I mean that this is does include the players who have signed, but just that so many players have signed names that I left off. Uh, have on Noah Syndergaard? Forgot him. And the deal with the Angels, Steve Matz, uh, going to the Cardinals, and all the hullabaloo there. Justin Verlander stayed with Houston. Jay Scalfini stayed with San Francisco. Jules Chassen, however you want to say his name, where he spent a year in Triple A with the Indians. He got 1.25 million. Jose Quintana got two million uh, to the Pirates. I mean, so who's left on this market? Scherzer, Stroman, uh, Kershaw, Greinke, UC, Kikichu, Alex Cobb, Danny Duffy. Uh, depending on how do you feel about Michael Pineda, I mean, Robbie Ray as well. Why is Robbie Ray all the way down here on this list? Uh, and Carlos Rondon, who I mentioned earlier. Tyler Anderson, you know, he got traded at the deadline. There are names, but let's be honest. I mean, the pitcher market has been hot and heavy early. And this is where I get conflicted. Because there's a part of me that goes, oh, that could help the Indians. The Indians have interesting pitching depth. But, like, let's also be honest. The Indians pitching staff is not that good. Like, it is a lot of question marks. Let, let's just start there. For as much as, I mean, I get three, love you, Hiram, but I get three messages from Hiram a day about trading Zach Plesak. Um A, Zach Plesak is not worth as much as you think after the year he just had. And B, okay, so you got Chain Bieber, let's just, you know, Ace, don't worry about him. He's there. Quantrell was very good last year, but he's more of a three, but let's make him a two. Aaron Savali is kind of similar. Same thing, but Savali, as I will point out before, has never stayed healthy in his career. I've pointed that out on the podcast. Savali has never stayed healthy. You assume Tristan McKenzie, one of these spots, right? Uh, Incredibly inconsistent year. I don't know if we really know what McKenzie is yet. And please sack at five where he looked really good in 2020. But he looked like I mean, him becoming a fifth starter is an accomplishment by this organization. uh, Even if that's what he settles into. I mean, Eli Morgan is set up to be your sixth. I love Cody Morris. But when you're talking about him as your potential seventh man. uh, Like he's not proven he's probably going to be more likely to help as a reliever than a starter any day of the week. Anyways, like the depth just isn't there for as much as people are like, hey, you know, starters market. Indians have all these start. do they? Do they really have starters? I would say they don't. This is not a team loaded with proven starters. Uh I mean you're talking about maybe like if a team's on the lesser end of things, maybe Logan Allen is considered a potential starter. Maybe there's a team who's willing to bite on that as a starter. Uh maybe Sam Henches, who got a lot of starts last year, a team was willing to bite on that. But outside of those two, I'm really, if I am running this team, and I'm not, but I I look at the way they run this team, they're not trading these starters. This is not a situation where they traded Clevenger because they felt comfortable with McKenzie coming up. Uh, This isn't a situation where when they traded Bauer, uh, they already had an established like six starters in place. They didn't need him. You know, we we leave off Carrasco going in that Mets deal, but essentially, when you look at all of that, I mean, they they traded away their depth. They do not have much that's proven. They're not going to trade a starter. They're not going to trade one of these guys that are the top value. Now let's, let's take a second and discuss my favorite baseball team. Some of you are probably thinking it's not, I swear, but let's talk about the New York Mets. If you've been a long time listener to the show, I've been talking about Mets deals for almost since this show's inception. That's why I'm over here laughing. Free agency uh, has been kind and not kind to the Mets. They signed Nick Plummer, already. And I feel bad for the guy because he goes out, he goes to the Mets, uh, gets that one year contract, probably promised some opportunities. And then they follow up within two days and sign Starling Marte, Eduardo Escobar and Mark Coneja. So all of that happened. And, you know, friend of uh, can he be a friend of the show? It's just my his I'm his personal hype man for Nick Plummer. And he walked into a situation. Where it's like, oh, and you have no at bats anymore. Like it just it's it, it's cruddy for him. So I initially tweeted out, like, the lineup that could potentially be the Mets lineup. And again, we're not looking at, like, positional value or lineup value. But just to go through the lineup going around, you know, they paid James McCann last year. You got Pete Alonzo at first. Second base, uh, Robin Skinhoe isn't playing. Let's just get on from there. He is a shell of what he was. They they have Jeff McNeil to potentially play there. But we'll get into some of that. So they have potentially McNeil at second right now. Lindor at short. Your third baseman is Eduardo Escobar. Your center fielder is Starling Marte. You put Nimmo in right, and you have Caneja in left. And I assume a DH gets done, and that becomes JD Davis. So, who doesn't have starting spots right now? Well, uh, Dom Smith. Now, Dom Smith was absolutely putrid last year. And um, using advanced data, my initial tweet talked about him being the left fielder, and a Mets fan tweeted at me uh, he can't play left field. And that Mets fan is right. He was really bad there. Now, my question becomes, what is, like, he's a strong defender at first. That is why they were willing to try him in the outfield, and that didn't go well. I think we know what Bobby Bradley is. He's going to be kind of like Oscar Mercado. He's going to be that very streaky guy who's going to have some great stretches. Uh, He's going to hit the ball hard, but I don't think he's, I would rather have Dom Smith at first than Bobby Bradley. Let me put it that way. That's what I'm kind of leaning at. So what does a Dom Smith cost to acquire? Straight up right now, I'm telling you his trade value is pretty low. It's because when he's had extended opportunities, he hasn't jumped at it. He hasn't taken it. Now, the Mets, one could also argue, are the Mets. And that, that's part of the reason why it's not there, why the, uh, the general you know, issues with the Mets, the confusion, the development, just everything that went wrong with the Mets, uh, makes it almost more appealing to acquire someone from the Mets. Cause there's like, Hey, just get him out of that dysfunction. But let's just talk about the Mets and what someone like Dominus, Dominic Smith's value is. I, I think it's low. Like, I honestly think you are at a point where it's like Logan Allen, the elder might, might net you Dom Smith. Like after the up and downs that he has had, uh, that might be an even trade. And where I consider that trade, absolutely. Uh, you know, he's, it's a guy who last year, again, shortened season but I even finished what 13th in the um, in the MVP voting. Uh, there's some very positive signs of Dominic Smith. Now I want to expand this idea because uh, you know it's like even next year you look at his steamer projection that doesn't have him as a starter, but his steamer projection for next year has a 104 runs created plus. Um, you know you go through what's it his bat, pip was well that's part of his problem was in his good years bat pip was unsustainably high his bat pip was not bad this year so i mean that's a big part of this he had a 60 point swing in bat pip a 70 point swing and then you know what his batting average had a 70 point swing and that was you know part of the big drop here you know like i said dom smith is interesting i'm not going crazy for him one way or another i don't know if there's enough there to really make you feel like he's going to be the guy i know you're probably like wow you're being wishy-washy you know I want to like Dom Smith a year ago I was very high on him because it looked like he was turning the corner here we are a year later and we're less sold on him and he's closer to free agency and let's see it'd be what 22 23 24 three years left he's interesting but we're gonna take we're gonna come back in segment two and talk about the most interesting player the Indians could possibly target and again we've already done this this is off season with this player but again to reiterate why a deal makes sense come on people You gotta get your TV together. You know by now. Does this sound familiar? You got one device that lets you catch the game live, another lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part... There's no annual contract, so get rid of the clutter and confusion, and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. Before anyone out there, you know, gets too mad at me with my never-ending Dom Smith love, uh, I do want to point out, at least on the trade value site, which again, grain of salt, lots of issues with that site. Zeros for Allen and Henches, one point four for Smith, so he does provide a little bit more value. But really the guy we have to talk about with the Mets is the player we talked about before. And the player who right now doesn't necessarily have a home and that's Kevin McNeil. And I know we brought him up. You know, he's a second baseman outfielder, uh, and the idea being they need a second baseman. Uh, maybe a more definite second baseman. Uh, and with McNeil being more targeted as an outfielder uh, the, and you know, the, the bigger point, uh, McNeil and Lindor don't get along. That That's also the elephant in the room here, right? That they have a situation where Lindor and McNeil do not get along. You know, I don't know exactly how I get together a working trade. Uh, yeah, I do think you start with something like Logan Allen, uh, just to gauge what they think, or, or yeah, you know, depending on their desperation as the starter market clears out and they have issues. Now, obviously, that is not anywhere near enough um, if you are the Cleveland Indians, but that's, you know, you want to start by kind of more of the quote unquote depth arms. I mean, I would talk Eli Morgan. I love Eli Morgan, but he is your sixth starter. That is a guy I'm willing to move. Again, I don't know how much any of these guys move the needle. Uh, now some of the Mets fans have sent me, uh, have sent some really funny, uh, Shane Bieber offers. Uh, so it's not like it's just me out here, uh, doing some bad trade offers, but it, you know, the, the other players to consider and talk about, when you look at this team, I don't know if Owen Miller has much trade value. And I don't know, you know, is Andres Jimenez, is Ahmed Rosario going to move the needle? I don't think they want their guys back. I, don't, I think they were traded out for reasons. I don't think that uh, it was a bad situation, but I also don't think that these are, you know, they're looking to pay a higher price to reacquire uh, guys they shipped out. And that's where it gets difficult. You know, that's in this whole situation. It's like, oh, well, there isn't a natural fit unless you're going to trade one of the young players. But one of the young players doesn't make sense because they're unproven. So as much as I would love to see something happen to add Jeff McNeil, I I just, I don't see the route to it. It's the same issue I think I had last time I talked about it. it. It honestly comes down to like, unless you're willing to flip Pleissack for him, which I just spent all that time explaining why I wouldn't love doing that in general, and why I don't think the Indians are shopping any starters. That's really your only route uh, towards that, and then then it's probably something like you know plea sack and Logan Allen for Dom Smith and Jeff McNeil. Um, that's uh, that's probably what I would be looking at or considering. Uh, I don't know what the trade value chart how it looks at any of those players, so I can't really tell you the overall matchup but yeah that that's really the only route I see and again I, I don't see that route necessarily oh so yeah significant more value according to trade which I get because again um yeah uh yeah I, I you know I get because starting pitching is so valuable so it's like Mc- <laughs> McNeil did have a down year but he's still really good I mean if I could get McNeil and an interesting secondary piece. I mean, talking Dom Smith plus something third uh, feels a bit high, but maybe I am misinterpreting overall value. Maybe I need to take a step back and, you know, look at uh, what free agency is showing us overall in terms of value. I mean, the problem with any depth deal, as you stretch this out, it's like both, like the Indians could use bullpen help, but I can't see them. The Mets by saying them flip a bullpen piece. Uh, prospect wise, is Mauricio on the forty man? You know, you run into this situation. It's all interesting to look at, interesting to consider. There could be something to ha- be had there. Uh, the I think the bigger issue overall is what we're seeing in the outfield market. Uh, you know, I talked about my surprise that Daniel Johnson was not claimed by any team on Friday because of how hard it is to find good outfielders. You know, Mark got about was what was expected. Starling Marte got about what was expected. I mean, they're going to be paying Starling Marte till age thirty seven. That that was a significant commitment. How about today? Like, I saw someone getting mad about the Indians, you know, inactivity when Avicel Garcia gets four years, fifty three mil. I mean, he's getting. You're talking about a guy who's six five, two fifty, who's already had problems with consistency and staying in shape. You're giving him a lot of money over his mid-30s. Like, that takes you to age 35. That is a contract. There is no way I don't see that contract coming back to haunt them, to, to haunt the Marlins. I was like, oh, boy. And for as much as people want to go out there and complain, it's like, yeah, Conforto, there's talk that he's had talk with the Astros. I believe that. I, I don't think Conforto uh, is a Cleveland target, really. Honestly, when he's going to cost a draft pick plus the overall cost to sign. I wonder about Isaiah Suzuki, again, with the market being a little bit softer, it feels, with that particular player. And I, let's be honest, the Indians were never going to get a high-up outfielder uh, for their team. They were never going to spend that money. But it's more about finding that soft spot in the zone, as it were. Finding that guy who could make sense, who's a little bit farther down, who could help them out, uh, you know, Again, Conforto, I know like he's 32 on the MLB trade rumors thing. I just have a, I don't see that. I don't see that happening. Uh, you know, going just up the list as I go here, it's like Jorge Solar might make some sense. Now I know that'd be bad defense, but again, we've talked about what they've done defensively. By the way, Avasel Garcia was projected to get three years, 36 million. He got four, 453. I mean, significantly or yeah 453 that's uh, significantly different and that shows you what the outfield market is shaping up for so i don't know i don't know how this team adds an outfielder i don't know how they get better out there and honestly maybe they don't plan to that's you know maybe that's not what people want to hear that's not what you expect to hear from me maybe the plan is honestly to rock out there with uh some kind of platoon Uh, series of platoons outside of center field to give you know a Steve Kwan a real opportunity uh, and to go for the young kids now I also oh the uh the other deal I have to talk about is Adam Frazier to the Mariners because I really didn't touch on Marcus Simeon so we're going to kind of talk about the second base market and what things are shaping up like and by uh in our third segment here so Hang on, hold tight, and uh, let's discuss. You know the other position, the the position the Indians legitimately have some depth to trade from. If you're listening to this, Bill Bar is having a Cyber Monday sale. Why are you listening to this? Go to BuiltBar.com today. Twenty percent off the entire site. We talked about. It, they revealed the mystery flavor. Uh, it's cereal. It's delicious. Uh, you know, uh, oh, fruity cereal is already sold out. I'm sorry to to ruin that. You still get paranormal pumpkin. You can still get coconut marshmallow. Strawberries sold out, blueberry muffins, all the extra discounts are sold out. Ruby chocolate is delicious. Uh, they've also released white chocolate cheesecake, lemon dip cheesecake, caramel almond delight, which I loved, real nuts in there. These new flavors are delicious, uh, they are great. If you're worried about the sugars, the caramel uh, almond delight is fantastic and it it's still five grams of sugar, 16, progr- uh, 16 grams of protein, 150 calories. What is going on right now in general? How about this? Everything twenty percent off, and those two new fra- flavors. I have not tried white chocolate cheesecake. I might put an order in because I'll tell you the lemon dip cheesecake and the ruby chocolate were fantastic. I love the caramel a- caramel apple. These are great tasting. We talked in the past about how they can be like you know a candy bar. These these new ones are legitimately candy bar like. I mean, when I ate them, I felt like is this going to be? Fill-? It still was filling like the other bars. It was still a great lunch. <laughs> I ate I ate three for lunch. Gave myself. You know, 48 grams of protein, uh, about 20 sugars, and 450 calories. All delicious, all good. You got to love it. BuiltBar.com. Remember to use that promo code LOCK15 to get that 15% bonus. So as previously mentioned, first I want to thank you for making Locked In Indians your first listen today and every day. Free and available on podcasting platforms, apps, services, etc. Uh, let's talk second base market. Uh Okay, as we're recording uh, for fun, uh, Max and the Mets are close to finalizing a multi-year deal, sources confirm. So uh, yeah, there's that. Uh, For as much as we uh, talk about breaking news, that's two pitcher signings in this podcast that started with me discussing um, how the pitching market is weak. (laughs) Crazy times. Uh, But yeah, we'll see what the final information on the Mets are not messing around, that is for sure going back to second base market. So I, that's going to be really loud. I apologize already for that. I thought Marcus and me would go to Seattle because I thought Seattle was going to spend, said they traded for Adam Frazier. They didn't trade much. They traded a recent draft, like, like last year, like this most recent class recent, um, and like a former undrafted draft pick who is on their 40 man, who, uh, has not played in the majors yet, but could be a relief type for Adam Frazier. Now, Adam Frazier is going to make $7.5 million is the arbitration estimate. Uh, I don't think he's worth 7500000 million. I'm surprised the Padres got that much for him. I was kind of surprised they paid a relatively hefty price for him. Uh, if you listen to the podcast, I predicted he was going to fall apart, which is exactly what he did. Here's the thing about Adam Frazier. Uh, he is not as bad as he was in the second half. He's not as good as he was in the first half. He's a slightly below-league average bat who can really pick it at second. He's an upgrade over Dylan Moore at second. For the Mariners, but I thought Seattle was going to spend some money with that young core. Uh, I thought they'd go out and get someone, especially because someone you know he's willing to play second base. Like you can go get him now. I understand not signing him if it's going to cost you seven years, 175 million. I, I kind of get that. That's a deal that I mean you're paying him through his late 30s. That's a deal that's always going to end up poorly for the team. That's just the way of it. Uh, How is it going to end up overall? We'll have to see. You know, time will tell. But with Frazier, I mean, the Padres had too many infield options anyways. I know Frazier spent a lot of time at outfield, which is just you know a waste or doesn't even make a lot of sense for them. Uh, so instead, he goes to Seattle. He'll take over there. The Mariners will immediately... Uh, the Mariners... The uh, Rangers will put him at second base. They're still chasing some shortstops, if you believe the chatter out there. So what's that mean for Toronto? Uh, Toronto Blue Jays all of a sudden... I don't know if they necessarily need a second baseman. I mean, Kevin Biggio, I think, probably switches back to that position for them, uh, where you know he had been originally with Pachette at shortstop, third base. Uh, Santiago Espino was listed for them there. Uh, you know, essentially they're kind of biting time until uh, you know Jordan Groshans can step up. I, there is a logic to an Indians deal. You know, I don't know exactly what it look like now in terms of what they have signed. It is interesting, like old friend alert, Nathan Lukes, former Indians outfielder who they traded for Brandon Geyer, who the Rays uh, let, you know, became a minor league free agent. He went to Toronto, uh, same base that knew him. They lost Steve Matz. They lost Marcus Simeon. They added Yumi Garcia and uh, Kevin Gaussman. We'll see what they do, but they could definitely use another infielder uh, to shift either Now, I'm not going to talk about the Castroneves piece in depth because it didn't make a whole lot of sense Uh, overall. I'll just state that and move on. Uh, If the Indians are going to be involved in a Kettle Marte deal, it is not so they can help another team get him. I'll just leave it at that. So Toronto, yes, potentially. Uh, But the other thing we have to recognize is if you make a deal with Toronto, right now Toronto's biggest trade asset is catchers. So there's always a value in that. There's always something to be had there. But overall, their best asset, uh, if they're going to trade something, is, is for a catcher. Uh, could there be a lesser deal? Maybe. Is this a situation for, like, Chen Chang? Potentially. I mean, if it's a brain trust that knew him from their time in Cleveland, uh, I don't know, you know, does Chang for Kirk make sense right now? Potentially. It could be a lesser deal. I hope, uh, I hope Hiram isn't listening. He'll just tell me why I'm incredibly wrong with that assessment. Uh, Toronto is interesting, though, because if they bring back Robbie Ray, their pitching rotation will be Gaussman, Berrios, uh, Ryu, Manea, Alec Manea, and uh, Robbie Ray with Ross Stripling moving to the pen. They could still also use some pen help. They do have some needs all around, if we're being honest in terms of that pen. So uh, yeah, I'll be curious to see what they do. I'll be curious to see what their next steps are and how much more money they have to spend i'm just kind of at this point in time we're kind of seeing how things play out but right now a front office that knows the indians well knows the indians minor league players well has a need uh up the middle does not have a lot of great internal options again how much do you like uh santiago espinal who they got from boston uh, Jordan Groshans could be a mid-season type, but they, they could really use someone to help sooner rather than later. And again, this is a team whose minor league system is starting to run out of that depth that it was it had a few years ago. It's really, I mean, it's worked out well for them for the most part. Promotions, everything else. You know, we're talking about that potential rotation. We're not even mentioning Nathan Pearson, who could be a trade asset for them. But that catching depth... Uh, there, there could be something to be had there. I think there's a logic to that. Potentially, outfield, though, again, I don't really know, you know, if they're going to if they even consider Gurriel at this point. He's on such a team-friendly deal. You know, the, the year last year was probably a bit of a dip, not quite what they were hoping uh, for him. It was still a 107, runs created plus. But he's, you know, he's an awful defender. That's part of the bigger problem there. It, it's, And he's not a guy who's probably going to age super well as he moves into his late 20s. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be curious to see if a trade can develop between these two teams. We know they've talked before. Uh, I'm going to bet no. And the reason I'm going to end up betting no is it might be the two hardest front offices to deal with, to trade with. Uh, and getting those two to reach a middle ground is darn near impossible. So yeah, second base market. Uh, I think the Mets potentially could need one. Uh, I think the Indians, I mean, their second base situation is not defined yet really, but, uh, and I'll stand by it. I think before we get to camp, a trade for trading Rosario while he has, remember his contract length is identical to Jose Ramirez's right now, uh, makes the most sense The going out and, you know, moving Jimenez back to shortstop, which he is a much better defender or, you know, I don't think they would, they are too super, too friendly to, to, uh, have Arias start the year in the big leagues. They would start over with him in AAA next year. I'm almost positive about that. But for this team, you know, Owen Millers, the Chen Changs, the Ahmed Rosarios, there is a deal to be had. Like Toronto, Rosario might be perfect for them in that need. It's like, okay, we can keep Kevin Biggio at third. We can put Rosario at second base. He fills that role temporarily for us as a potential starter. And, you know, for the Indians they can potentially add a catcher or maybe an outfielder and do it that way. Because Rosario, again, was strictly league average last year. As a shortstop, if he was a league average defender, like that'd be great. He'd be incredibly valuable. But when you're a below average defender at short uh, with some pretty pronounced splits, which again, at a very valuable position, that doesn't worry you as much. You're just like, okay, had him bad at the top, had him bad at the ninth or had him bad at the bottom, but he's not a great defender. So then it's, he's just he's just a hair's breadth away from being valuable. The problem is the more he plays, the less value he has because you know he's very quickly going to become a rental instead of a long-term piece. So the second base market and honestly the middle infielder market is probably more important to be monitoring right now than anything else uh, in terms of the way things move this offseason. I have been Jeff Ellis. This has been Lockdown Guardians Podcast. I know I've probably said Indians a million times throughout. Bear with me. Thank you for listening. Remember to rate and review, download daily. That's just the simple things you can do to help this show grow. Let's get in the back back in the top 100 baseball podcast. And as we say now, go go guardians go.